Hi there. Thank you for listening to ASMR Bedtime Stories. All of the stories read to you on this podcast are either available in the public domain and are therefore available for free and fair use, or I have obtained express written permission from the author or publishers to audio record these episodes. I hope that you enjoy listening and please feel free to rate the podcast, provide me any feedback, send any requests my way. You can also follow me on Twitter to get updates and interact with me that way. You can find me at ASMR Bedtime Stories, or my handle is bedtime underscore ASMR, and I'd love to hear from you. Set. 
smiled and was silent, and after spinning busily for an hour or more, she got up from her stool and began to weave as fast as she could. At last she got up and said to her husband, I am too tired to finish it tonight, so I shall go to bed, and tomorrow I shall only have the cutting and stitching to do. So, the next morning, she got up early, and after she had cleaned her house and fed her chickens and put everything in its place again, she bent over the kitchen table, and the sound of her big scissors might be heard. Snip, snap, snip, snap. As far as the garden, her husband could not see anything to snip at, but to them he was so stupid that that was not surprising. After the cutting came the sewing. The woman, padded and pinned and fixed and joined, and then, turning to the man, she said, Now it is ready for you to try on. And she made him take off his coat and stand up in front of her, and once more she padded and pinned and fixed and joined and was very careful in smoothing out every wrinkle. It does not feel very warm, observed the man at last, when he had borne all this patiently for a long time. That is because it is so fine, answered she. You do not want it to be as thick as the rough clothes you wear every day. He did, but was ashamed to say so, and only answered, Well, I am sure it must be beautiful, since you say so, and I shall be smarter than anyone in the whole village. What a splendid coat, they will exclaim when they see me, but it is not everybody who has a wife as clever as mine. Meanwhile, the other wife was not idle. As soon as her husband entered, she looked at him with such a look of terror that the poor man was quite frightened. Why do you stare at me so? Is there anything the matter? asked he. Oh, go to bed at once, she cried. He must be very ill indeed to look like that. The man was rather surprised at first, as he felt particularly well that evening, but the moment his wife spoke, he became quite certain that he had something dreadful the matter with him, and grew quite pale. I dare say it would be the best place for me, he answered trembling, and he suffered his wife to take him upstairs and to help him off with his clothes. If you keep well during the night, there may be a chance for you, said she, shaking her head as she tucked him up warmly. But if not... And of course, the poor man never closed an eye till the sun rose. How do you feel this morning? asked the woman, coming in on tiptoe when her housework was finished. Oh, bad. Very bad indeed, answered he. I have not slept 
villagers declared that they could not decide which was the most foolish. The man who allowed himself to be persuaded that he was wearing fine clothes when he was dressed in nothing, or the man who let himself be buried when he was alive and well. So the women quarreled just as much as they did before, and no one ever knew whose husband was the most foolish.
she was raving and roaring in this frantic manner, part of the floor suddenly opened, and a giant rose was carrying a great chest in its arms. The witch was enchanted at the sight, and eagerly helped her brother to sit down and open the chest, which was full of the ghastly food she had been longing for. The horrid pair set to and greedily devoured it all, and when the chest was quite empty, the giant put it on his shoulder and disappeared as he had come, without leaving any trace of his visit. But his sister did not keep quiet for long, and tore and pulled the rich brocade as if she wanted to destroy it, stamping about and shouting angrily, now, all this time, Prince Asmund and his sister sat in their trees just outside the window, and saw all that was going on. Dear Signy, said Asmund, do try to get a hold of that piece of brocade and make the clothes yourself, for really we shall have no rest day or night with such a noise. I will try, said Signy. It won't be an easy matter, but it's worthwhile taking some trouble to have a little peace. So she watched for an opportunity and managed to carry off the brocade the first time the witch left her room. Then she set to work, cutting out and sewing as best she could, and by the end of six days she had turned it into an elegant robe with a long train and a mantle. When she was finished, she climbed to the top of her tree and contrived to throw the clothes on to a table through the window. How delighted the witch was when she found the clothes all finished. The next time Prince Rain came to see her, she gave them to him, and he paid her many compliments on her skillful work, after which he took leave of her in the most friendly manner. But he had scarcely left the house when the witch began to rage as furiously as ever, and never stopped till her brother Iron had appeared. When Asmund saw all these wild doings from his tree, he felt he could no longer keep silent. He went to Prince Ring and said, Do come with me and see the strange things that are happening in the new princess's room. The prince was not a little surprised, but he consented to hide himself with Asmund behind the paneling of the room, from where they could see all that went on through a little slit. The witch was raving and roaring as usual, and said to her brother, Once I am married to the king's son, I shall be better off than now. I shall take care to have all that pack of courtiers put to death. And then I shall send 
a lot 